One day, shortly after her husband's death, Judy got together with a friend of hers at the local coffee shop. One point during the conversation, Judy said, Did you know that my husband, Joe, was a real cheapskate? He didn't even leave me any insurance money. Her friend said, Well, if he didn't leave you any insurance money, where did you get that beautiful new diamond ring you're wearing? Judy paused for a few seconds, and she said, Well, okay, I'll tell you the truth. Joe did leave me $10,000 in his will. Out of that money, $1,000 was to be used to buy a nice casket, and $9,000 was to be used to buy a nice stone. <laughs> yeah. She smiled and held up the diamond ring and said, This is a very nice stone indeed. Now, I would like to think that Judy simply misunderstood her husband's request. But it's pretty clear from the details of the story, she knew exactly what she wanted. She wanted a diamond ring. He wanted a gravestone over his remains at the local cemetery. She did what she did to justify her action, which incidentally is exactly the kind of thing Satan does. Satan is the master of verbal deceit. He loves, like Judy did, to twist the meaning of words. He loves to play games with words for the purpose of leading human beings into sin and eventually into hell. He even tempts people like Judy to play games with their words in order to rationalize their sinful behavior. And so very often, my brothers and sisters, unfortunately, it works. It all began in the Garden of Eden, as we heard in today's first reading from Genesis 3. When Eve said to the serpent, we may eat of all the fruit trees in the garden, it's only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it, lest you die. When she said that, how did the serpent respond? He responded by twisting the meaning of God's words in order to lead Eve and her husband, Adam, into sin. He said, in effect, well, God didn't mean that you actually would die. He said what he said because he really doesn't care about you. He wants to hold you back, he wants to keep you down. He wants to squelch the incredible potential that you and Adam have as human beings. Then Satan played the ultimate word game to seal the deal and get Eve to take the big bite. He said, if you and Adam eat this fruit, you'll be like gods who know what is good and what is evil. The key word in that temptation, of course, is the word, no. Yes, it's true, God does know the difference between good and evil, as the devil said. But he knows it like I know the difference between good health and typhoid fever. For me, typhoid fever is something out there, because I don't have the disease personally. Thank God I've got enough medical issues to worry about, as many of you know. I know it in my mind only. I don't know it experientially. God knows evil in that way. It doesn't touch his inner life. For him, it's always out there. But when Satan said to Eve, if you eat this fruit, you'll know evil too, he meant something very different. He meant if you eat fruit, you'll know that this fruit, you'll know evil because you'll actually experience it. You'll know it from the inside. 
You know it in the sense that it'll come into your heart and make you miserable and ruin your life. This is why I call Satan the master of verbal deceit. Twisting the meaning of words is one of his most despicable talents. And it's one he's still using today in our generation by getting people to redefine words and concepts in order to justify their evil actions. For example, think of the word freedom and how that's been redefined in recent years in order to justify everything from pornography to so-called gay marriage. Think of how rights have been redefined in our civil laws so as to exclude the right to life of the unborn. Think of how the meaning of person, that word, has been changed in order to justify evils like embryonic stem cell research. These men and women say, the embryo is not a person, according to us, so we can do whatever we want with it. Prior to the 1960s, you know, in medical textbooks, pregnancy was rightly set to begin at the moment of conception. That's how the word was defined. But certain doctors who in the 60s wanted to justify the use of abortifacient contraceptives like the IUD and the birth control pill, they succeeded in changing the definition. So the now medical textbooks say that pregnancy begins at the moment of implantation. How diabolically convenient. There are, there are literally dozens of words in this category. Take the word marriage, for example. Marriage used to mean one man and one woman, but now in certain circles, it can mean almost anything. Same is true of the word gender, which until recently signified a person's biological sex. You're either male or you're female. Now it means whatever an individual says it means. You know, it's become so confused, and I would say insane, that the newest Supreme Court Justice couldn't even define the word woman during her confirmation hearings. That's a moment that Satan must have loved. He must have been rolling around in hell saying, what fools those mortals be. Obviously the word normal in 2023 means something very different than it meant 60 or 70 years ago. The same is true of the words virtue and vice. In fact, in some segments of our society right now, the meanings of those two words have been completely reversed. Virtue has become vice, and vice has become virtue. All these words and many others in our culture have been redefined for the sole purpose of defining deviancy down and making sin acceptable. It's a clever strategy, you've got to admit. And it comes straight out of hell. And it will continue to work, my brothers and sisters, as it worked with Adam and Eve, unless by the grace of God we resist and put a stop to it beginning in our own personal lives. The choice, as always, is ours. <laughs>